Could New Orleans Saints quarterback Jameis Winston even win games if given the starting role again? What would the New Orleans Saints look like in 2022 with and without Dennis Allen? Can the 2022 season be salvaged? We're answering all the biggest questions left for the New Orleans Saints season. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. Thanks so much as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. And today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online, where they've got more odds, lines, and props than ever before. Go and check them out today, Bet Online where the game starts. On today's episode, it's Wednesday. We usually do a film watch Wednesday here, but with so many question marks surrounding the New Orleans Saints, I wanted to answer your questions and I wanted to get to some of the biggest questions left for this season. If I would have gone through film watch, we would have just been beating up on the team for you know a, a performance that led to a loss. You don't want to constantly be beat up about your favorite team. I 100% understand that. So Let's take a little bit of a break from the on-field stuff and talk about what's happening behind the scenes for the New Orleans Saints, what could be happening in their future, and whether or not this New Orleans Saints team is or season is salvageable here in 2022. So let's start off with the biggest question that everyone's asking. Is Jameis Winston going to be appointed the quarterback moving forward? And if so, what will the offense look like with him? Remember, this is an offense that's dealing with injuries on its offensive line that doesn't have Michael Thomas back. That is still making some shuffles over at running back Mark Ingram, still dealing with injury. The Saints did bring in uh, David Johnson this morning. They put a claim in for Eno Benjamin, but they didn't have the highest waiver priority. The Houston Texans did. So Eno Benjamin's headed over to Houston. So for the Saints, they're sort of, you know, patchworking their offense right now, right? Eric McCoy was out last week. Not sure if we're going to see him this week. We'll find out. We've got, you know, there's practice later on today. So we'll get the idea then. Same thing for Andrews Pete. James Hurst is in concussion protocol. Trevor Penning might be on his way back. So there's some things here when you're about to go up against Aaron Donald and a very good pass rushing team in the Los Angeles Rams, uh, or at least a scary pass rushing team when it comes to Los Angeles Rams, that you kind of look at and you go, okay, well, if you're going to put Jameis Winston out there this week, is that really, are you going to be able to do anything? So when I look at that and I, I get that question a lot, right? Should the Saints put Jameis Winston out there with... Aaron Donald and with a, a you know a hurt offensive line. And the fact of the matter is that the quarterback position is the most important position on the field. If you can improve the play at that position, you don't take into account whether or not you have talent in other spots. You don't hold yourself back from improving the quarterback position ever. So if the Saints feel like Jameis Winston is healthy enough to play, right, which Dennis Allen mentioned is a um is a you know, conversation that has to happen with the medical staff, as well as a conversation that has to happen with Jameis Winston. It's not just the Saints deciding that he's healthy. He's either healthy or he's not, right? So if he's healthy enough to be out there, then they'll put him out there because they want better from the quarterback position. And it's hard to see how you get worse than what you've had so far this season. As we mentioned here on the show before, 
barring a superhuman performance and a four touchdown performance by Taysom Hill, barring a three touchdown performance. The only time that we've seen Andy Dalton go out there and put points up on the board was the same game where he also threw two pick sixes and a third interception to wrap up the first half, right? So we haven't really seen that come from him. So when you look at since he's been appointed the starter, there hasn't really been that game that makes you go, ah, okay, that's why they you know, went with Andy Dalton. So can you really get worse play from that position? I'm not sure that you can. The next question that usually comes when it comes to the idea of talking about Jameis Winston is that what would Jameis, what would the offense look like with Jameis Winston at this point? And honestly, and and I think to to the benefit of Jameis Winston, it shouldn't look much different than it has over the course of the past few games since Andy Dalton was appointed being the starter. Now, what I mean by that is obviously you want better production, but in terms of staying close to the line of scrimmage, taking shots when they're available, working low to high and taking what the defense is giving you, trying to establish the run game, I don't think any of that needs to change. I don't think that just because Jameis Winston comes in, you start to run Chris Olave, you know, downfield more than 15 yards, 21 times like they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where Jameis Winston, as he described it himself through some of what he called the worst deep balls of his career while he was dealing with the injuries. So if you have a healthy Jameis Winston that can get the ball down the field, great, but maximize those moments by making those shots available to you by picking apart the offense. Jameis Winston said that in his New Orleans.Football uh, interview with Mike Triplett, where he was talking about how he spent a lot of time over the offseason trying to improve in the short area, trying to improve in the intermediate area, looking back to the Seattle Seahawks game last year with Alvin Kamara, all of that. You can't just throw the ball to Alvin Kamara every single play. We know that, but utilizing Alvin Kamara is obviously a very important ingredient of the gumbo that is the New Orleans Saints offense. And so if your Rue is bad, i.e. you're not utilizing your superstars, then the gumbo is going to be bad too. So I still think that that ends up being what the game plan is for Jameis Winston. It doesn't mean that you all of a sudden try to take the top off of every defense every single play, especially knowing you have a Los Angeles Rams defense. That isn't what it has been in the past, but still has a lot of talent, uh, particularly over on the back end. We talked about the injuries, right, on the offensive line. If you can improve the quarterback position, you improve the quarterback position. And if you believe you're doing that by starting Jameis Winston, then that's a decision to make. But what about if Andy Dalton remains the quarterback? And because it's a very real possibility that Jameis Winston doesn't feel healthy enough, the medical staff doesn't feel that Jameis Winston is healthy enough, that the Saints just decide that they're going to, you know, not upset the apple cart, as Dennis Allen said, and they look at making other adjustments on the offensive side to increase the offensive production to sort of make up for what they have been missing over the course of the past couple of weeks against uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers in particular then you're kind of resigned to whatever you get as long as you're able to create an environment and an ecosystem around Andy Dalton that performs well around him. In that case, you're not looking for you know better play at the quarterback position. You're looking to heighten the play of the quarterback with the players around them. So that means Kevin White probably shouldn't be running the third most routes of any wide receiver on your team. That's probably going to be or should be a guy like Rashid Shaheed or a guy like Traquan Smith or a guy like Marquez Calloway, who's more familiar with the system. Um, taking deep shots doesn't need to go to Kevin White when you have guys like Chris Olave, as well as uh, Rashid Shaheed, who can put on back murders. You have guys like Rashid Shaheed who are seeing like 10 snaps per game, get them more involved in the offensive side. So I think if you do roll with Andy Dalton moving forward, you just make changes around the quarterback to get the best talent on the field at all times, which is what the Saints truly believed that they were doing up against Pittsburgh. It just didn't turn out that way, right? Mike, um, Dennis Allen asked after the game, 
why Marquez Callaway was down. He said that they went with the receiving core that they thought was going to give them the best chance. Clearly, that receiving core did not do that, right? Not a lot of separation, uh, not a lot of opportunity to move the ball, not conducive to the issues they were having on the offensive line. So there's a lot of different things there. And that's not to say that like Kevin White was open downfield, but you, Andy Dalton can only push the ball downfield so far. That's what we've discussed in the past before. So I think even if you roll with Andy Dalton, you just make adjustments in the offense to get the ball into the hands of the playmakers, the guys that can do something with the ball in their hands. If you're rolling with Jameis Winston, you don't really have to change too much. You just need to make sure that you're operating low to high and that you don't go back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game of operating high to low. Now, can the New Orleans Saints actually win games with uh, Jameis Winston at the helm? Well, that all depends, right? What does the rest of the offense look like? What does his play look like? How healthy is he? What does the defense look like? Winning games kind of has to become the let's just build the best game plan that we believe will do that and then go out there and execute that. That has to be the most important part for the New Orleans Saints. All right, coming up next, the other big question, what's going to happen with Dennis Allen? So we're going to explore two different things because I've got two different questions from uh, listeners here. First of which is what happens if Dennis Allen stays in 2023? What other changes could be made? And then of course, if Dennis Allen is not around in 2023, Who were some of the coaches that could potentially replace him? We'll discuss that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Turo. Turo, T-U-R-O, is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car that you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts. So you're basically sharing from other people that actually own the cars. You can browse a huge selection of the vehicles for just about any occasion or budget in the US, UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia as well. So if you need a spacious, let's say like SUV or a minivan for a family trip, they'll get you. You need a classic luxury car for a special event, birthday, holiday, special occasion, they got you. You wanna find affordable economy cars to just help you get from point A to point B, they got you there too. You can even test drive that new electric vehicle that you have had your eye on to see how it fits your everyday life. Mini Turo hosts can even deliver the car directly to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. What could the future look like for the New Orleans Saints, in in particular on the coaching staff? We're going to explore what happens if Dennis Allen stays, what happens if Dennis Allen does not stay and is not retained as we continue on with today's episode. Uh, We appreciate you, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to also go and check out Locked on Sports today as your second listen. Yep, today. Make sure you get all the biggest stories around the world of sports in around 20 or so minutes. Go behind or beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes, uh, and get everything that you need to know from the local experts that know your teams the best. You can find it on this app, uh, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so we're going to start off with our questions here. If you're watching on YouTube, going to bring them up on the screen uh, as well. So we'll start off with our first question, uh, which comes from uh, Andy Watson. Uh, do you see a world in which uh, Dennis Allen can be successful if during the offseason he hires his off his offensive coordinator, keeps Winston, and maybe even steps back from calling the defense. Okay, so a couple of different things to highlight here in this question. Thanks so much. That's a great question. 
So a couple of things to highlight here. This is operating under the assumption that Dennis Allen is retained going into 2023. Can he be successful that way? I do think that there would be a couple of things that would have to change. It's clear right now that the coaching staff, as it is, particularly over on the offensive side, isn't getting the job done to the expectation of many fans, but also I, I imagine the expectation within the organization as well. Let's be clear. No matter what happens, Dennis Allen is retained, Dennis Allen is not retained, the New Orleans Saints will intend to compete next season. That's There's no mystery behind that. They're going to restructure contracts. They're going to do what they have to do to make sure that they're putting the best team out on the field. They are not going to enter a rebuild situation. As we've discussed here on the show before, and as many are discussing as well now, rebuilds, tearing things down to the studs, rebuilding and doing the whole thing, the whole quote unquote, blow it up. It doesn't work in the NFL. So you don't make the choice to do that. So if this thing to go that route, here are the little things that they can do. I don't think that you retain Pete Carmichael as the offensive coordinator going into 2022. You know that this combination isn't working. So I think you look for another option there. There was a time to where we expected that Pete Carmichael would stick around on the on the coaching staff, but not at offensive coordinator. And then all of a sudden he was the offensive coordinator. So him not being the offensive coordinator next year wouldn't be a big surprise. Who would be next in that role within the organization? I think Ronald Curry has had that trajectory from the very beginning, right? Starting off with wide receivers, moving over to quarterbacks and adding passing game coordinator here this past year. And a next step for him is obviously going to be offensive coordinator. It's either going to be with the New Orleans Saints or it's going to be like wherever Sean Payton ends up, for instance, right? Like, so those different things, but they feel like Ronald Curry is ready to call plays. Pete Carmichael has said that himself. So that could be an option there. Otherwise, they'll have to go from outside the organization, but you're not going to go and grab an offensive coordinator from somewhere else, like an Eric Bieniemy that's going to come in and just automatically like put a, um, you know, big stamp in terms of, or, or a big boost in your offense. Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach. So he's more in the, what happens if the Saints don't retain Dennis Allen conversation. The other thing that was interesting in this question was, what about the New Orleans Saints or the possibility of the New Orleans Saints um, having Dennis Allen or Dennis Allen taking a step back from calling plays over on the defensive side, which means that he could remain the Saints defense, or excuse me, remain the Saints head coach, but also step back from defensive play calling. That would be an interesting route to go. And who could do that? Well, Chris Richard's already in your staff. He could be one of the guys that does that. Let's be clear. If the Saints are going to be in a situation to where they're maintaining or retaining Dennis Allen going into 2023, they're probably going to go the the um, continuity route again. Ryan Nielsen, I feel like it's hired away by Sean Payton wherever he ends up coaching. Chris Richard could step up in there. If not, and it goes the other way, then Ryan Nielsen could step up in there as well. So lots of different ways for the Saints to go in that case. Great question there. Now let's explore the other side of this. Uh, let's bring this question up for you. This one is from, um, whoops, there we go. This one is from James Dunn of the US Space Force, apparently. <laughs> uh, James Dunn wants to know, uh, who are some good DA replacements? So I think you start off with the list of coaches that the Saints were already speaking to last year. Brian Flores is absolutely one of those guys. Um, Eric Bieniemy is another one of those guys. And there's going to be more player, more coaches that end up becoming available. You know, do the Saints end up looking at uh, Frank Reich as somebody to maybe say, okay, maybe he's not an, uh, uh, a head coach, but he's an offensive coordinator that could get plugged in, right? So like there's that, there, there are those pieces. Or Frank Reich gets another opportunity at head coach, which Many of us believe that he deserves because a lot of what went down in Indianapolis was kind of decisions made above his head that he was held responsible for, is what it looks like. So 
I think that, that those are a couple of different routes that the Saints can go. Those are three easy names to watch. There are going to be other names that are going to pop up, that are going to become available, that are no longer going to be with the teams. They're going to be surprise firing, surprise moves. And then, of course, there's always guys moving up in the ranks as well. I don't think, though, the one thing that I will tell you is that I don't think that the Saints go to the college ranks to pull a college head coach into the NFL as an NFL head coach. I think, I, honestly, Matt Rule kind of stifled that for the NFL for a little while. That might not be the case uh, to where we see that happening for another couple of coaching cycles. And I definitely don't think that the Saints will agree to dip into uh, that sort of uh, platform at all. But those would be a couple of names that I would watch. Obviously, there are more, and we'll continue to break those names down uh, all throughout the the offseason or when the Saints kind of get eliminated, or if you know there is a shocker and the Saints do end up moving on from Dennis Allen midseason, which again, I don't think is the case. That's bad organization stuff, and the Saints might be a losing team right now, but they're not a bad organization. All right, final question here for uh, this portion of the show, and then we'll get to our uh, next questions. So we'll jump here to uh, Miguel, who asks, how much blame on this season needs to be laid at the feet of Mickey Loomis? Should his future be uh, a topic of discussion? Which raises the second question, what kind of owner is Gail Benson? Okay. So can some of the successes or lack of success around the New Orleans Saints be connected to decisions that Mickey Loomis made? Yes. But I don't think that Mickey Loomis's future is in question. He's the, what, third longest tenured general manager in the NFL, and there's no end in sight for Mickey Loomis. Mickey Loomis did not make bad decisions over the course of this offseason, right? Bringing in guys like Tyron Matthew and Marcus May maybe didn't work over on the defensive side, trading up to go and get your future at wide receiver and hopefully your future at left tackle only has a lingering question mark because you haven't seen that left tackle out on the field yet, which hopefully is remedied here coming soon because he had a really terrible turf toe injury that he explained to us. So that those aren't really decisions that I think you hold against Mickey Loomis, keeping Michael Thomas in the building, you know, making the available the funds available to, from, you know, the pursuit of Deshaun Watson and, you know, using them to sign Jarvis Landry and bring in all these other players and make, you know, the draft picks work and everything. I, I don't feel like those are bad decisions. I think the bad decision would have been trading for Deshaun Watson. No Chris Olave, no Trevor Penning, no Jameis Winston, no Tyron Matthew, probably no Mark, or no, they would have had Marcus make because they said signed him already. But those guys that they signed after the fact, all that salary would have gone, been thrown into the Deshaun Watson trade. The draft capital that they did have, uh, they and and were able to utilize would have been gone in the trade. We still would have been talking about a team with no first round pick. I think that's where you go. Yikes! Right, bad choice. And then he would have missed eleven games, and the Saints would effectively be in the same situation right now, going into Week Eleven, than they probably would have been with Deshaun Watson on the roster because Deshaun Watson wouldn't have played. Right, that's where I would have gone. Like, ah, you signed up for a bad 2022. I don't think that the Saints made moves that signed them up for a bad 2022. I think that they made moves they thought would keep them competitive, and instead, they got a bad 2022. I don't think I hold that against Mickey Loomis. And in terms of like what kind of an owner is Gail Benson, she's one of the richest owners, <laughs> and she's an owner that has allowed Mickey Loomis to make the decisions that he has made that has made them a winning team since 2006, right? So I don't think there's anything that you hold against either one of them because the team looked bad for one year out of 17. I, I think you're okay. I think that both of them are absolutely okay. And I think that this organization, being the good organization that it is, is very much a part of what it is that they're able to do. Okay. 
Coming up next, can the New Orleans Saints season be salvaged here in 2022? And what kind of an impact would Jameis Winston have on that? But also, is there another option at quarterback that's not Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston? We'll get to all of those questions as we're continuing to answer your biggest questions from this 2022 NFL or New Orleans Saints season. But first, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs is absolutely the best place for you to be to make sure that you are uh, bringing in all of the quality candidates for your open job position that you're going to find. You're going to be able to get to them easier and faster than ever thanks to LinkedIn Jobs because they make it very easy. Sign up with LinkedIn Jobs and then you're able to uh, post screening questions so that you can make sure that everybody has the requisite experience has a requisite attitude, whatever it is that you're looking for. Make sure that they're a good fit for your organization before you even interview them. Then you can also post the purple hashtag hiring border over your uh, organization's profile photo over on LinkedIn to help spread the word that you are hiring. I've used LinkedIn a ton when I'm looking for jobs. That has helped me before when I'm looking for jobs. So I think LinkedIn jobs is awesome. And so do small businesses across the US who voted LinkedIn jobs number one when it came to delivering quality candidates versus leading competitors. So go and check them out, LinkedIn jobs where you can find all of the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free as well over at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online, our number one source for all your sports wagering needs. Whether you're looking for lines, spreads, over-unders, things like that for on a game-by-game basis, or maybe you're looking for season-long props, futures, things like that. They have it for the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, college basketball, which is now underway, um, uh, 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 auto racing, combat sports, esports, whatever it is you're looking for, Bet Online has you covered. They're staying up to date daily. They're always putting up new stuff for you to check out. So there's always stuff on a day-by-day, sometimes even hour-by-hour basis that's brand new and super exciting. So go and check them out today. Bet online where the game starts. Let's get it, Huda Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with our midweek mailbag today, answering your biggest questions ahead of the 2022 end to the New Orleans Saints season. Just seven games left to go. And that's going to bring us to our very, very good friend, Carla, uh, who has been an awesome supporter of the channel for so long. She wants to know, how can we salvage a losing season for the Saints? Is there really anything to fight for at this point? Either way, still love my hashtag. Saint says, Carla, Carla P. You know, we love you. Appreciate you for the question. Um, Okay, so let's start off with the first part of the question, which is, can the Saints season be salvaged? <laughs> Realistically speaking, it's a challenge, right? Optimistically speaking, yes, right? They could go on a run. They could run the table, finish the seasons, what, 10 and 7. Let's just be real, though. That's not going to happen, right? They've got Philadelphia toward the end of the season. They have got Tampa still, who look like they're starting to figure things out. You're not far away from having to travel all the way to the West Coast, take on the San Francisco 49ers in an early game. There's all these other things. So, it's not going to be easy by any means. You have a cold weather game outdoors in Cleveland on Christmas Eve. Ain't going to be easy, but it depends on your definition of salvaging the season. Does salvaging the season mean finishing up the season with dignity, right? Finishing up as a fighting team, a competing team? Does it mean uh, making the playoffs? Does it mean winning the division, right? Depending upon your definition of, the, uh, of what salvaging the season means, things can get easier, things can get harder. 
I think at this point, a successful season for the New Orleans Saints is finishing better than six and 11. Seven and 10, eight and nine, nine and eight, probably a little bit too optimistic to say nine and eight. You're looking at winning six of your last seven games in that case. But if you're finishing somewhere in that range and you're not finishing six and 11, five and 12, you only get, you know, certainly don't want to be in a situation where you're finishing, what, four and 13 with only one more win uh, on the season. I think if you get into that upper range, upper, quote unquote, right, loosely, seven and 10 is not a winning season. But I think if you finish in that range, that's better than not winning any more games, only winning one more game, only only winning two more games. And I mean that from like a raw data standpoint, that more wins is better than less wins, which is like obviously. But the other piece of it is just simply fighting through the adversity of the season and winning four of your last seven games. If you can win more games than you lose for the rest of the season here, that changes a lot of the trajectory in terms of how we discuss the 2023 offseason, changes things probably for Dennis Allen as well. What is there to fight for? What is there to play for at this point? This is still a team that has dedicated themselves to playing football every single week and has spent their entire lives to get to this point. That's what there's left to play for. You play for the dignity, you play for competing, you play for the competition of the game. That's why Jarvis Landry said, they're not looking at playoffs anymore. They're not saying, oh, we're just this many games out of the out of the division. None of that matters to them anymore. Game to game. That's exactly what it is that they are paying attention to here moving forward. So I think that still absolutely uh, falls under the definition of something to play for. Dignity, pride, all of those things. Uh, being a winning culture despite a losing record. That is a win for this New Orleans Saints team. Okay, let's get to our next question here. We're going to be visiting this time uh, with Corey Tapp, who asks, I'd like to hear, Ross, your take on the Saints starting Taysom. Interesting question. One that we've loosely kind of spoken about a little bit uh, here throughout the kind of latter portion of the season so far. And I assume, of course, Corey, when you say that you want to hear my opinion on starting Taysom, you mean starting Taysom at quarterback, right? So with that being the question, uh, which we know is obviously the question here, I think you only do that in a situation in which Jameis Winston is not healthy and you feel like you can't get anything out, anything more out of Andy Dalton at this point. I don't think giving up on Andy Dalton, quote unquote, is like giving up on your season at all. You have Taysom Hill. He's somebody that maybe makes the offensive line injuries a little bit easier to take because of his mobility. Although Taysom is a really good like front end runner. He's not the greatest scrambler in the NFL. And we've seen that. Now he's got a couple of big runs. He had like the big 40 yard scramble where he got away against the Atlanta Falcons, had another one against the, uh, was it the Dallas Cowboys, I think last year. So he's had like some of those moments and things like that, but he's not Kenny Pickett where he's like out there. He's not going to be like what we saw Kenny Pickett do last week to where he's out there, you know, dipping and dodging and getting away from, from tacklers. He's not a Lamar Jackson to where he's escaping pressure within the pocket, getting outside and then do, he's not going to do those things, but he's great in space. So if you get him out to the edge and then you're building your game off of an identity of the run game of read options, QB power, zone reads, all of these things, then all of a sudden, or, you know, fullback option like they ran a few years ago. So like there are those things that I think you can build around Taysom in that case, but you're not going to be in a situation where all of a sudden you have a magician in the pocket, right? Like that's not who Taysom is. So, and then, you know, arm-wise, I think you're getting similar talent to Andy Dalton. Decision-wise, I think all three of these guys are kind of in the same place. So it just depends upon for the team who they feel like they can game plan better with right now. And if they feel like Andy Dalton's not the guy, 
and James Winston isn't ready, then sure, start tasting like what what other what do you have to lose at this point in the season? Like if you feel like that's going to win you games, then go out there and do what you got to do uh, that makes you feel like you're going to win games. That That's pretty much it. And I know people get super mad when I talk about Taysom being a potential quarterback. I'm not saying choose Taysom over Jameis. It's simple for me. It's Jameis Winston. It's Taysom Hill. It's Andy Dalton. That's a really easy one for me because we've seen Andy Dalton play in the system now. It doesn't work. Okay. Last up, Jared uh, coming through here with uh, Jared Braxton coming through here with the question. I know uh, everyone wants to see a coaching change this offseason, but do you realistically see something about revamping the room at safety? Matthew and May have been egregious downgrades, uh, quote, <laughs> at uh, at the position. Can we move on from both? So interesting question. Um, I don't think that they've been egregious downgrades, depending upon what you're discussing. Have they been egregious downgrades in terms of run support? Maybe. Have they been egregious downgrades in terms of the deep ball they've allowed the the the, the safety tandem when healthy has allowed one um completion of 20 plus yards since the Seattle Seahawks game when Marcus May was out. Marcus May was out again this week. They allowed one uh 20 plus yard air yard completion. Now, this was an offense, Pittsburgh Steelers that don't really go that route very much. So do take that into consideration. But I think the entire defense has taken a step back. It's not just about the safety position. And this is just the, I was speaking to a Saints player about this not too long ago, actually. This is just something that we see all the time. Safeties, interior defensive linemen, you only see the highest highs and the lowest lows. You don't see anything else because broadcast view robs you of that experience. You're looking right down the line. So you're missing everything that's going on in the interior. And then once the ball is snapped, the camera pans where? To the offense. The safeties are literally the first players out of frame every single play. So I think there's something to be said there. But if you wanted to move on from these guys, you can. You're talking about $15 million plus in terms of dead cap when it comes to Tyron Matthew, though. If you have him around for next season, because he's going to be on the books one way or another, you go into $0 of dead cap going into 2024. That feels more realistic to me with this being a three-year contract. It always looked like it would probably be a two-year contract unless he signed an extension. Now, unless he goes, you know, Malcolm Jenkins on you and retires in the offseason or something surprising like that happens, which, you know, who's to say, but I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen. So, you know, then that maybe saves you a little bit because then you can do exactly what Malcolm Jenkins said. You can knock down and renegotiate the contract from the $7 million base salary all the way down to the $1 million um, uh, 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 veteran minimum. And then he retires on that and it saves you some of that dead money. And dead cap. So certainly a route that they can go if something like that were to happen, but I don't see that happening. I think you'll see the same t- safety tandem in New Orleans in 2023, especially if Dennis Allen is still the head coach at that time, which again remains to be seen. We got seven games left in the season. We'll see what that means for the New Orleans Saints in their future, Dennis Allen in their future. But those are some of the biggest questions around the New Orleans Saints season. And I'm grateful that we got to answer them. We'll revisit some of this stuff too, because again, as the games happen, we get new information, and new information means that some of these answers will change over time. So it's going to be really interesting. Coming up tomorrow, we have our crossover Thursday with Travis Rogers of uh, ESPN Radio over in Los Angeles. But more importantly, uh, for me at least, the host of the Locked On Rams podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. Break it down with him. He's awesome. So really excited to get that show uh, out to you. And then we'll do our usual thing, game plan to beating the Los Angeles Rams. And then, of course, we'll continue to track the quarterback situation to see who will be under center for the New Orleans Saints in week uh, 11. Yes, in week 11. So we got that coming up for you as we continue on the week 
here on Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Go and check out Locked on Sports today so you can get all the information you need around the world of sports, biggest stories, highlight moments, and of course, your take of the day every day, which they used a clip from my show in that uh, on uh, Monday. So make sure you go and check it out on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate you as always, y'all, for making us a part of your day, a part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. If you see me, say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.